episode number 19 of your favorite podcast the best podcast in the world according to I, actually, I don't know if anyone's ever said that i would say my mom but i don't let my mom listen to anything i do on the internet so that's probably a good good thing that that doesn't happen anyways it's well and my mom is like, oh, man, you curse too much on the podcast. You're making him do too much work on the editing. So, but in reality, it's um, like me doing all the cursing. Except for, except right, for Persona right. 5 episode. That was, uh, that was your shining um, moment. Can we say that we both think that is the best podcast in the world? Does that count? Two out of two people agree that this is the best podcast on the planet Earth. Great. Awesome. I like it. This is the seasonal anime checkup OVA. And, you know, it's taken us quite a while. I think this is, like, what, 15, 16 episodes to get us back to where we <laughs> once started? <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a long time, but we're going to talk about some anime? What the heck's an anime? It's one of my uh, Japanese animations. <laughs> Shout out to that. It's actually, I forgot the, the Otacon line from Metal Gear Solid. Is, it's just like one of my Japanese animes, but still. It's a, that's a real dumb line from a game that came out in 1998. Anyways, we're going to talk about an anime actually this week and next week. So we're really just course correcting all over the place. Oh, snap. Getting right back into that anime. And then we're going to take like another three month break from it. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the biggest anime film of all time. And that is no hyperbole. I said, nope. hy- said hyperbole. 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 That's what happens when you talk fast. It's like, blah, 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 blah. He's word bombing over the place. Wait, before you introduce this, we need to introduce ourselves. Oh, that's right. Hello. I'm Jared, joined as always by the best co-host <gasps> on the planet Earth. I am flattered. And Ladium. Hello. We're your hosts for this, the best podcast on the planet. Yeah. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Anime Checkup if you want to get a hold of the best podcasts on the planet. And I won't say the best Twitter account on the planet because, you know, there's way too many of those out there. That's some really good ones. Some really good ones. That's a, that's a good place to talk to us about whatever episode we just did or just, you know, stuff in general. Because why not? Yeah, because we're cool people. Because this is a podcast about having conversations with anime, video games, and manga. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a conversation yeah. About the literal biggest anime film of all time. Yep. Your name, aka Kimi no Nawa. My Japanese lessons are paying off. Much better than mine. <laughs> so yeah, like like we were saying, the literal biggest anime film of all time. The highest grossing one of all time right now sitting, as Wikipedia will tell me. I guess as of April 14th, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> this film has grossed $332 million worldwide. That is around $50 million more than second place Spirited Away, which if you if you do look this up on, on Wikipedia, you'll notice a, a good majority of Studio Ghibli films in the top 10, which, of course. But this this film just basically was like, yo, what's up? The new, there's a new king in town. <laughs> yeah, for real. It, it was it was intense. Like it blew up out of nowhere. I, I didn't hear anything about it, and then like my my entire Facebook feed was just all about it. And I'm like, all right, I'm into this hype. Let's see what this is about. 
Yeah, I know. I know Tumblr basically kind of had an inkling towards it because you know, of course, like it's like, hey, here's a like, nice looking piece of animation from a trailer or something. This is probably going to be cool. And then, yeah, of course. I mean, if you have seen uh, other films of director Makoto Shinkai's works, like The Garden of Words, you kind of have an idea that, like, oh, there's going to be some hella good animation in this. Oh film. my god, it's beautiful! It's so is. beautiful. I guess also for context. Uh, your name, while being the highest-grossing anime film of all time, is only is the fourth highest-grossing film in Japan, which is uh, under Frozen, <laughs> Titanic, and then Spirited Away, because of course. Yeah. And then it is the eighth highest-grossing animation film in general. Wow, which that's is, impressive. Yeah. Uh, that makes it the highest uh, in terms of anime on this list, which Spirited Away is 12th, so it's a little bit above that. Uh, the, the seven films above it are Pocahontas, Snow White, Beauty and the Beast, Tarzan, Aladdin, The Simpsons Movie, and number one, The Lion King, which is basically like... The Lion King made $968 million worldwide. That's, God! That's almost double second place. Why was The Lion King so popular? You know, I mean, it's good, but you know, a lot of people just really liked how it was basically a retelling of Hamlet. Uh, I'm sure that <laughs> most people did notice that, but um, I mean, it, it, it's true. It's completely true. Um, I will say, though, that I went and saw this in theaters last night and literally as I was walking out of the theater, I looked on Amazon to see if it was available for purchase yet. And it's not. And I was bummed, but I will buy it as soon as humanly possible. I would, I'm, I'm assuming basically it's going to like be out very soon just because I know Funimation has the rights and that's why they're, it's out in theaters right now. And I would assume yeah. with how much, you know, popularity and critical reception and just all of that like buzz going around, and, like they're probably gonna want to get this out to the home home releases pretty darn soon. Which I want to say, it's really really weird to go into a theater and like you're sitting there, you sat through the previews and everything, and then just like the Funimation logo pops up, you're like, wait, what? Yeah, I bet that would be real weird. Wow. It was really really strange for me. Uh, like. I guess I kind of knew like that that was the case, but I I wasn't expecting like the the do do boop boop like jingle of animation. I'm like, uh huh, okay. Um, it, is, it was really weird. Yeah, which I guess we should say we both have seen the uh, the Japanese dub of it. There is a yeah. course there is an English dub, but obviously different screenings of when that's going to be. So didn't line up for you per se. Yeah. But we we were both very excited or looking forward to at least getting a chance to see that dub at some oh, point. I'm stoked to see the dub. Um, I, I I I was fine seeing the subs. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't have an issue with that. But seeing the cast of the English dub, I'm real excited to see um, that as well. But um, the only time that it was showing in my area was like in the morning, and um, you know this, most of our listeners do not. I am not a morning person and no. the least. Um, Which you, you you basically posited the idea of like, do you think I can wake up and make this screening at what, like 11.30? 11.20. And I was like, I don't know about that. Yeah, well, and also considering that there's like a 30 minute drive to get there and I have to mm -hmm. park and then I have to walk and I was like, it's pushing it, but like, 
most people when they listen to this are going to be like 11:20. That's not early, but like you have to understand like I do not do mornings. I'm non-functional before noon. Um just period. If you want your best if you want my best work out of me, don't ask me to do it until like three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> it's why we've never done a podcast in the morning. Uh, no, I mean, pretty much it would just be Jared talking and me be asleep. <laughs> very, very, very true. So going into this film, you, how much of it did you actually like know no. the premise? Like none of it or? Um, so I tried really hard to avoid any spoilers and I did a great job. Um based on how my reactions were actually watching it. Um, all I knew going in was that it was a story about a boy and a girl in high school who switch bodies mm-hmm. and that they try and meet. That's all that I knew about it. That's pretty much kind of like the gist of what I, I knew. Some like some kind of spoilers, just like not really like the context of them. Like mm-hmm. I knew some scenes were going to happen, but there was also like some stuff in the film that I'd, literally had no idea what was going to happen. I was like, whoa, buddy. Right. There's some like emotional bombs in it, but also there's some really funny stuff in there too. So, um, you know, there, there was a good balance. Um, but I fully admit that I left the theater like crying and I was with my friends and they look at me like, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be all right. I just need to go to the bathroom really quick. And um, I'm sure they were concerned since I was the one that drove us all there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was I was kind of a, a bawling mess Which of I, a child. I saw it the day before you did. And I was like, <laughs> afterwards, I was like, you need to prepare yourself for some sad stuff. Well, and I appreciate that because you know that I'm a like highly emotional person. Yeah. <laughs> I cry so easy, but um, man, love stories get me. Uh, they get me hard. Well, that sounds inappropriate. <laughs> they get me very emotional. <laughs> Which uh, I, I we've kind of talked about this on air, I think, briefly. But you, you knowing me, like I am a sucker for some so for some shojo. Would say that five times fast. <laughs> <laughs> Which. Some people might call it a guilty pleasure. I wouldn't say that because, like, I'm not guilty about it. Like, I love some good, good ass romance. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to be like, oh, I, I'm ashamed of this. Like, no, man, I am loud and proud about my love of this romance nonsense. Give it to me. I will spend hours at a time, especially at night, reading some basic ass shoujo manga. I don't blame you. I mean, I read a lot of like romance fanfics. So. <laughs> it's basically the same. It is. It is. Um, like I am a sucker for romance, so um, that's one thing that was excited because I, I knew this had like a romantic hint to it. I was like, okay, all right, I'm into it, and I am. I'm real into it. Yeah, uh, I, I guess we should mention like, hey, we're going to have to talk about spoilers because there's a lot about this film that we can't necessarily talk about in like very general terms. Yeah. So. If you're wanting to see the movie and haven't yet, this is probably going to be the time when you tune out. Cause but oh. I want to say that if you're going to tune out now because of spoilers, go see it. Yes, go see absolutely. it and come back and listen to us chat about it. But like 100% go see it. I will recommend it. Which I, guess I, it. 
I don't know <laughs> how long it's going to be left in, in theaters. I would assume probably like a good bit, but I don't, I don't necessarily know. So you might have to hurry and go do that in case it's still showing in anywhere in your state. Cause I know it's probably, it's an anime film, so it's not going to be like a huge wide release. It's still going to be right. limited, limited, but that's good advice. You should definitely go watch it before. <laughs> Yeah, there are two theaters in my area showing it, and I live in a pretty decent metropolitan area, so I was kind of surprised that it's only two, but um, it it's super good. Uh, there was talk that it's going to be out of the theater that I went to go see it in, like, in the next week, so make of that what you will. Which I guess, since we're, this is the, uh, we're going to be talking about this, like, the this episode is going to release next week from when we're yeah. recording this. Whoops. Whoops. But yeah, hurry up and uh, you should go see it. Yeah. But anyways, let's. Uh, we should. We're, we're going to talk about spoilers. That's kind of what I was getting at. Yes. <laughs> so, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm actually looking up now to see like we're all. There's only two places in in, in where I'm at that it's being shown. Really. Yeah. One of them is the place where I saw another anime film, which I'm like, no. okay, that makes sense. Which is like, it's like a tiny little kind of artsy film theater in a in a mall. Yeah, I mean, the place where I saw it is literally like, it markets itself as like a film center. It's not actually a theater. Like, they try and be fancy and they have a cafe <laughs> and all that. Like, it's one of those places where you can literally just buy booze and go watch a movie. That makes sense. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is fitting. And they have like, they're going to go show like Starship Troopers and Serenity and Big Lebowski and things like in the next few weeks. Of so course. I was like, okay, this makes sense. <laughs> go watch your anime and then watch all these old films. Yep. All right, we're going to talk about spoilers now. So spoilers. I don't know. Stop listening. If you haven't seen, listening. or keep listening if you just want to keep yourself spoiled. That's cool. I'm not here to judge how you live your life. Some, some people like getting spoiled on things and that, Gives them more excitement to go see stuff. Yeah. So, time travel. Time travel. Um, was not expecting that, actually, no. at all. Because, like, the, prim- uh, the premise of the film, you know, the first, like, half hour, 45 minutes is basically, oh, we got these two high school kids who are switching bodies at random. And they're going about each other's days trying to not tip off other people, even though they're they're basically tipping off other people that something's up. Yeah. There's a there's the great scene that we both we both really liked of when Mitsuha is in Taki's body and she's talking to his two friends and like trying to say I but she first says it in like the feminine way it has to go through like four different ways of saying I before she gets to the way that Taki says it and it's so funny because like his friends like look super offended when she says <laughs> like the formal feminine way and then uh like she keeps trying, keeps trying, and like she's judging by their faces, and they, like one of them, I forget, it's the second um, eye version that she uses, um, the one with the glasses. Um, I'm forgetting his name, my fault. Sukasa. Um, he just looks like she kicked his puppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because she uses like a very formal like version of eye, and, and he's like, "What?" Um, it was such a funny scene it's definitely the one scene we want to see done in the dub just to see how they do it because how they do it obviously like the english language doesn't really have feminine versions of like singular pronouns right or even like 
formal version. Yeah. So, yeah. like, that's one thing she does is she goes from, like, feminine to, like, very, very formal to, like, a young boy version to, like, a really he-man masculine version until, like, she lands on the right one. And it's really, really funny. Um, I was actually surprised. Usually, like, weird, like, kind of gross humor bothers me. Right. Um, but I legit was laughing my butt off every single time that the little <laughs> sister opened the door and uh, Taki and Mitsuo's body's just like groping the boobs. <laughs> and like, can you imagine what that little sister is thinking? She just like every time it's just like, oh, she's really losing it this time. And it's like it just yeah. gradually escalates, especially because like the first time he does it because like it's young boy and a girl's body curiosity. And then, like, right. afterwards, he's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then the sister opens the door. And he's just like, boom, <laughs> right on the chest. Yeah. It, 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 like I said, usually that kind of stuff bothers me. But it, it was done really well in this. And I thought it was quite funny. And also, there's a part uh, where Mitsuha is in Taki's body. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, there's something there. <laughs> And then, like, she realizes that she has to pee, and she's like, what do I do? And then she comes out of the bathroom, like, all embarrassed, like, oh, no. Yeah, it, it, it was really, really funny. But, um, and my friends and I had a discussion on the way back um, about, about that scene. They're like, well, what would you do if you were in a, a boy's body? I'm like, F- I'd sit down. I don't give a crap. <laughs> like, I would totally sit down to pee. Yeah. And, um, like, no, no, it'd be better to just have the bathroom spray everywhere. Like, you'd figure out the aim eventually. And I'm like, no, no, I don't care. Don't I'd risk still sit it. Down. No, it'd have, be a mess. Yeah, you'd have to clean it afterwards. What's the fun in that? Right, right. Um, we had lots of discussions afterwards of, like, what would you do if you switched into a boy's body <laughs> for a while? And um, I'm sure you can guess what the first answer from most people was. Can't I? No, I can't. Can really? Imagine? No. I really, <laughs> really. I'm sure you know. Be like, wow, I got facial hair. This is weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Women shave so much of their bodies. We're not interested in shaving anymore. That's true. It'd be like, oh, I don't have to shave. <laughs> Done with that. Um. I think it though. So it, that- it would. It would probably like. It would differ like how old you are too. Like, yeah, it definitely would. With these two, because they're like they're high schoolers, right? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I I could see the way they handle that as being a way you would handle that. But if it was like how old you and I are, it's it's gonna be just like, huh, that's weird. Well, I gotta deal with this, I guess. Right. Like, what would I do? I would fight the patriarchy. That's what I would do because I'm a dude. <laughs> um. No, I'm joking. Um. But I'm assuming that they're probably around like 15, 16 years old. Probably 15. Right. Um, that that was my guess watching it. But um, so you go into the movie and like that's what you're introduced with um, is like them trying to deal with the body switch. And it's it's done really, really funny. So you're not really expecting like emotional bombs later. But um, it's I like the way that they set up the body switches. Because you are shown, like, some scenes of it, and then, like, later on you see them back in their own bodies, and people are like, oh, man, it was like a demon possessed you. You were really weird yesterday. And they're like, 
what? What's going on? And like Mitsuo opens her notebook and it says, who are you? And, um, and then eventually you get like the flashback of what happened. Yeah. To make people say that. And I thought that was a really cool way to set it up instead of just like straight up showing like what happens through the day. Um, and one thing that I thought was clever is like how they demonstrate like when Taki's in Mitsuo's body is like when she doesn't have the hair ribbon in because he doesn't know how to do it. Right. Yeah. She just has like a regular ponytail. Um, so that was a cool touch that they were like, yeah, this is how you know, like, who's who and all that. And um, and, you could, and you could tell, like, when Mitsuo was in Taki's body, because he basically, there was, like, a different, almost, like, drawing of how they did his character. It was, like, it was definitely uh-huh. more, like, of, like, a feminine aspect to it. Which I mean, Yeah, he, he definitely looked more feminized, like, when she was in his body. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of like as well, like how they kind of set up how Mitsuha lives in this shrine, and there's like there's obviously some supernatural element going on with you know body switching and all that sort of stuff. So like there's like there's these like it's just a little groundwork being like laid out for you, like oh, because usually I mean like in any unknown like or up to old number of Japanese media, like there's gonna be characters that live at shrines, like right that happens. So it's not like you you think like oh well this character lives in a shrine supernatural stuff's gonna happen like that necessarily isn't the case but obviously with this it was the case right I mean it, I liked it a lot and um, one thing that I was curious about is that like she's shown to have like a lot of responsibilities with the shrine like in the braiding and the dances and everything. It's like, what would happen if Taki was ever in her body? Like when she had to do one of those ceremonies, uh, he would be very much in trouble. Cause I doubt he could learn that, 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 that very quick. No, there's no way. But that was, that was one thing that I kept thinking was, uh, it's like, Oh man, what would happen? But it never, never happened. So that was, but they, they did okay. show him like, I think a couple of times when they were doing like the, the braiding? The braiding, yeah. Like, he was present, I think, for, like, a few of those. So I think, like, he he might have had some idea for that, but, like, the... Yeah. The presentation of shrine bait and stuff and all that... No. Nope. <laughs> he would have been very much out of his element. Um, and it was also funny, uh, it, it showed that Taki had a crush on one of his coworkers who was older than him, and, uh... The the older girl doesn't actually like him unless Mitsu is in his body. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh well, okay then. Um, so that that was pretty pretty entertaining to me, and I, I like the whole like clever mechanic of them like keeping a diary of what happens, um, so that they know like what happens during the body switch and what's going to end up. Um, like what they're coming back to, and they have like schedules in their calendar of like you have this to do on this day. Which makes uh, the the twist that happens like all the more impactful. It does, but I also saw something um, on Tumblr today. I was like, "Oh, they're right. I didn't think about that." What's that? Um, they like they're using the calendar all the time. How did they not notice the year was different? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but. Um, I guess Whatever. it's one of those things you're not supposed to think about. <laughs> right, right. I didn't think about it the whole time. And then, like, I saw it on Tumblr. I'm like, huh. 
I mean, I guess like when I look at my calendar on like on my phone, I don't look at the year. Yeah. So I, who knows? But um. But she was clearly I, moving three years into the future and taking his yeah. body. So I guess for, the, for him, it wouldn't have been different. When he looked back at like what she was putting in, it would it would have correlated with like his present dates. But when he went back to her, eventually he would have noticed that like the year was different. You'd right. Think, so you'd think, but um, you know, we also don't get like a context of how long it was going on and all that. So right. Yeah, plot hole, but whatever. It was still good. Um, one one like little like I guess some details I liked. Like obviously we talked about how like the animations is very 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 good. Oh, it's amazing. Which you usually get with with movie animes is that like the animation gets ramped up, but especially with uh, Makoto Shinkai's works, it's very much just ramped up to like eleven in terms of like fantastic animation. But uh, the the point I was going to make is that I liked how there was actual brand integration in this film. So like you know it w- like line was actually line. Yeah, I was actually surprised when they showed the big building in Tokyo and it said, like, Sony and yeah, everything. I was yeah. like, wow, okay. Like, that's not usually something you see. So, like, I, like, that's just, like, a little, like, tiny detail. But I was like, okay, they, they even though this is an anime film that gives it, like, a hint of authenticity that you normally don't get with anime. Because especially with TV series, they have to change stuff because they're not going to pay licensing th- fees for, for brand stuff. Even though I, I literally just watched two episodes of a show that had Coke brands in them. And I was very surprised. Wow. Yeah, that was real weird. But anyways, like I, I just liked how it made everything just feel more realistic, even though it's like it, it makes it a little more immersive. Yeah, exactly. But all of the time traveling or uh, body switching stuffs happening, and you're like, okay, everything's going on. Uh, they're starting to eventually have some sort of feelings for each other. Yeah. Um, actually, there's a comment from um, the the older girl. It's like, you have feelings for somebody else. That's I, I thought you used to have a crush on me, but you have feelings for somebody else. And he's like, oh, blushy, 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 blushy. <laughs> I don't have feelings for anybody else. What are you talking about? But um, like, it's clearly developing. And I guess that would kind of be somewhat normal in the sense that like you're you're in somebody else's body and you're getting to know them especially well. But... Um, and there's the parallels between them because they're both starting to figure that out. But then the twist happens. So like you're ba- like yeah. So Taki's going on the date with his uh his older workmate. Mitsuha is going to the f- festival, which he doesn't really want to go to, but then ends up going to. Yeah, it's like a comet festival. Yeah, and. Taki knows this, so like he he has the date and everything, and then he's like, "Well, I'll call her and tell her what happened." And it shows him calling her, and basically like the number you've reached is no is not in service right now. So you're like, "Oh, well, maybe she just turned off her phone because she's at the festival." Like that's a that's a normal thing to think. Mm-hmm. But that's well, not what happened. Well, you even see a scene like immediately after where she's answering a phone call from somebody else, but it turns out that it's her answering a phone call about going to the festival. Yeah. Um, but that is, the phone is off for a reason. The phone is off for a very good reason. So it's hinted at kind of like throughout like the first thirty to forty-five minutes, like oh, there's this comet that's going to go by, and it's going to be like very close to Earth. You're going to be able to see it very well. It's going to be real cool. All that jazz. Yep. 
So they have this festival. Uh, meets Hood's out in this like little field. She's staring up at it, and she's watching the comet go by. But then it splits, and all of these like meteorites start falling, and one of them, kaboom. Yep. And you don't actually find out until later that the town is like obliterated. No, you don't even find out then that the the time difference has has been established. Because no. all Taki knows is basically like, oh, I have. He's like, oh, well, she didn't answer her phone, so I'll just tell her the next time we we switch bodies. And then afterwards, like, but then we never switch bodies again. Right. So he basically goes on this quest. He starts drawing all these locations from uh, Mitsuha's town. And is basically like, I'm going to find this place. I'm going to find her and be like, what's going on? And figure out what's happening. It shows that he's really interested in, like, landscape and architecture and things. Like, he even has a big poster and says, architecture. That's literally (laughs) all it says is architecture. Um, But it shows that he's a very good artist. And um, so he starts drawing off of his memory, like, what he remembers about her town. And he takes those sketches with him on his quest to find her. And basically, he like, he just basically goes out to the sticks, and yeah. doesn't exactly know where her town was. Eventually, he goes into like there him, uh, one of his friends, and the older workmate all. Well, they basically kind of like tag along because they're like, we don't know if you're going to be okay, right? Which probably that was a good idea in in, in retrospect, but probably they eventually stumble onto this like little diner slash cafe place and that's kind of like where they figure out like oh where we need to go and oh something bad happened which when they uh when they went to that place and like there was like the old gruff dude mm-hmm. i thought that was going to be like an older version of uh, mitsuha's friend oh and it was going to be like a very big time skip yeah but that didn't actually end up being the case. It's only like three. There's three years difference between them. Three years difference. Because he, they go to like this library or hotel place that has like all this information about what happened. And it's like, oh, here's the town that disappeared, and here's like a book of all the people that died during it. And he like he finds her two friends first, and yep. then finds her name. He's just like, oh. Yeah, it shows that like the entire town was wiped off. Like 500 people died. Mm-hmm. Um. And he realizes that, like, the only safe spot in town was, like, the high school. Because he, he starts freaking out. He's like, I was here. I remember this. I know this high school. And his friends start to kind of think he's nuts. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, okay. Um, and they end up, uh, he tells them to go back to Tokyo without him. Because mm-hmm. he, so, um, he goes off and uh, finds the the birth or like the laying place of the god that they shrine that meets her and her her sister and grandma live at because yep. like because he goes off on that adventure one time when he's in her body so he yep. kind of has like a basis of knowing where exactly that is so he go- he does that he goes and finds like the the sake that sake. has a part of her in it let's just say <laughs> well uh, her grandmother like goes through an entire explanation of like this is part of you it's half of you like there's an entire i forget the phrasing but she uses a phrase that's like you know anything that you do in life is this phrase and so she was saying like it's all part of you and so he finds the the sake and like is considering like this is part of her maybe it can help me and so he he drinks it 
And, and then one of the most beautiful scenes in the entire movie happens. And that's also kind of like where, like I, the the scene before when like he's in her body and they're going up to the shrine, like mm-hmm. the sister and the grandma as well. Like that's kind of where you get the idea like, oh, they switch when they're dreaming. Yeah. Because the grandma's like, oh, you've been dreaming, haven't you? You've been dreaming, haven't you? And then like he goes up there by himself. He drinks the sake because he figured out he knows which one's which because he was there when they planted them. He was them. there. And he does that, and then basically kind of just, like, passes out. (laughs) Right, but that's when, like, the super pastel beautiful part happens. Like, that scene was absolutely one of the most beautiful animated scenes I've ever seen in my entire life. Right. Um, Because it's, it's like, watercolor pastels, and then it has, like, the red uh, braided cord between them, Mm -hmm. which um, I'm sure you know about it, but, like, the whole, like, red string thing, like, fake. Yeah, I'm a sucker for Red String of Fate stories, let me tell you. Heck yeah, and so that's what I was thinking the whole time, is it like, because it's kind of wrapped around him, that it's like the Red String of Fate. I was like, ah, I love it, it's so good. Um, so this is probably like the first time that I started crying in the movie. Actually, no, that's a lie. When I saw that the town was obliterated, that was one time when he drinks the sake and all the pastels, partially because it was so beautiful and I have a problem with beautiful things, I start crying again. You love pastels. Jojo attests for that. It's true. Like, when you put pastels in animation, I'm just automatically sold. Like, it's beautiful. It's a real problem. Um, Like, I I always think it's funny. um, This is kind of a side note. Uh, Whenever I read about the development of Centipede, um, (laughs) they're like, oh, we put Donna Bailey on there to appeal to women. And she's like, yeah, I put pastels in there. And I was like, oh, I guess, you know, do pastels appeal to women? Then I realized, like, yeah, okay, pastels do appeal to women. I freaking love pastels. <laughs> there you go. Which I guess, like, combined, like, Red String of Fate and also Mitsuha, like, there's a scene where, like, you don't get the context of it yet, but, like, Mitsuha's like, I'm going to Tokyo. And then mm-hmm. the day she gets back is, like, the day, like, everything kind of goes to hell, Is, yep. like, she cuts her hair off, which I'm also a big sucker for character cuts their hair off to like show a big change in them (laughs) so it's just like bam bam one two on that right and um her guy friend is so alarmed and upset that she cut all her hair off like he mentions it so many times like her hair's gone her hair's gone her hair's gone it's like wow you you really care about her hair don't you (laughs) um but he's also a pretty entertaining character in and of itself Mm mm-hmm so is this when, like the, sorry, I'm getting choked up. <laughs> Emotions. Emotions. Um, is is this, no, this is not when he he's able to go back in time yet, is it? I think this is when he goes back in time. Okay. I, I'm, I'm just trying to remember exactly. I don't want to say things and then be wrong and then people are like, hey, de- you got it wrong. He's definitely in that area when he goes back. Yeah, and he ends up like popping back into her body at one point. And that <laughs> that's also oh. the, the great introduction of like he's crying because he's like so happy, but then hey, the, sis- the sister walks in on him crying and squeezing his boobs. <laughs> and I said in the theater because I was a jerk who who talked in the theater at that one point. Um, How dare you? I was like, who doesn't do that when they wake up? I mean, <laughs> that's what I do every day. Try <laughs> and squeeze my boobs. I'm happy that they're there. But that was pretty funny that he's just like bawling. 
and then basically said on a very determined mission to like I'm going to save these people well mostly her but also these other people right and make sure like because obviously he can't stop a comet from coming down and wrecking havoc but he's been in the future and he knows which is the safe spot which is the high school Mm -hmm. he's like I gotta devise a plan to get everyone to the high school even though no one believes me they think I'm crazy even though like the grandma kind of like automatically knows like it's not Mitsuha Mm -hmm. because she's like you're not who I think you are and he's just like uh. And she says that, like, her and um, Mitsuo's mother actually had dreams as well. So she she sets up that this is a thing that, like, has happened before. Like, it, it's like if you're on that shrine or something, like, something there causes this to happen. And I wonder if, like, Mitsuo, who, who was saying at one point, like, in my next life, I want to be a, a pretty boy in Tokyo. Like, I wonder if maybe that's that's what triggered that she was going to end up in Taki's body. But <laughs> maybe uh, I, I don't know. But it may just be red string stuff. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, but he he can he and Mitsuo's body ends up pretty easily recruiting Sayaka and um uh Frick. What's his name? The Katsuhiko. The, Tatsuhiko, the the um, explosive boy, who kind of looks like Junpei from Persona Three. Did you notice that? <laughs> That's a, yeah, I can see that now. Like, put a that. hat on him, and he looks like Junpei. Um, Get that boy like the hat. entire time. I was like, oh look, Junpei's gonna gonna be explosive. Um, also, there was a real good gag at the beginning where he's like, let's go to the cafe, and then he takes them to the the vending machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which that was another uh, thing of brand marketing because it was like it was a Boss Coffee machine. I was like, all right, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. Just need that Tommy Lee good. Jones advertising it. Um. So he sets in this like really elaborate plan to save everybody. <laughs> it's very elaborate and it relies is. on people believing he 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 knows what he's talking about, which they don't like. He goes to Mitsuha's dad, who's like the mayor of the yep. the town, and he's and the, the dad's like, "You need to go see a doctor." <laughs> and like, obviously, the best part of that scene is like, he grabs his he grabs her dad by the tie, and he's like, "You son of a!" B-. Well, he didn't say, b-, yep. but like, he's about ready to like beat the shit out of her dad, and he's like, "Oh, okay, I better not do this." Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, and like the entire time, dad's like, "Who are you?" And um. The Sayaka has to end up going to the school and taking over the broadcast system, which um, Katsuhiko figures out how to do. Um, which bl- let's give Katsuhiko credit because he's real smart. Yeah, just blow up like the uh, the electrical, the giant electrical generators and turbines. Right. Well, I mean, I guess since because uh, they they established pretty early on that his dad is like the construction worker who like is involved really heavily with the mayor. Right. Um, and they mentioned like very early that he learns how to do the explosives. And I was like, that's going to come up again. I know it's going to come up again. And it did. Yep. Uh, cause you can't just say like, Hey, it's time for you to learn how to do explosives and it like not go anywhere. Um, that would just be weird storytelling. It's, it's like the whole, um, I forget the name of the, the rule, but like you can't put a, a shotgun in a scene and the shotgun never appear again. 
I've anyway, there, there's like a story. There's like a storytelling rule about the shotgun that if there's a shotgun that appears in a, like a movie scene, the shotgun will eventually appear again in some form form in the story. So anyway, the huh. explosives with shotgun. Alrighty. <laughs> there you go. Storytelling. Um, aren't you a, like lit major? You should know this. I'm not a film major. Right, but like it's the same thing. I don't. I. I read a lot of classic literature. There isn't a lot of shotguns in those stories, let me tell you. No, just bears chasing people off stage. <laughs> Old Bill Shakespeare didn't know what a shotgun was quite yet. No, he didn't, but he knew what a polar bear was. Anyway. It's a real good gag. Um, Very specific gag, but it's a real good gag. <laughs> um, so they set this, this plan in motion. And nobody believes it, but at one point, um, they do somewhat succeed. They they blow up the, the station, and Sayaka's um, broadcast works. And people are, like, slowly moving and not going. not really taking it seriously. Nah, like, even one group is, like, still in the house, like, are we going or are we not going? Um, and then the mayor's, and- like, is, like, desperately trying to track down, like, what happened, why this broadcast is happening. And basically, eventually does shut it down. But also, in between then, then and there, you get a flashback of uh, Mitsuha going to Tokyo for the first time, which would have been three years ago. She meets Taki, but obviously Taki doesn't know who she is. Mm Mm-hmm. But they get off the train, and he's like, who are you? And she's like, I'm Mitsuha. And she gives him the... She throws the the braid braid, at him. The red string of fate, if you will. And he he wears it on his wrist, like, throughout the movie and says several times, like, oh, I'm not sure who gave it to me. And um, he says that to, like, the, the older girl that he went on the date mm-hmm. with. and Because uh, it's kind of like, like whenever he realizes something bad has happened to her, he loses his memory of her. Yeah. Because, like, after, like, he finds out she dies, he's, like, he doesn't, he begins to forget who she was. Well, and, like, all of the... Like diary entries disappear in his yeah. phone, which and, yeah, oh, that was emotional. But also, uh, and be like when they have that plan set in motion, she goes to where he is in real life, in actual in actuality, and they meet yep. up. Which it's kind of like in this like twilight realm, essentially. I think it's kind of like what they call it. So it's yeah, like, the the big like phrase throughout it is the Katawari Doki, which is the twilight. Um, phrase like in that that um dialect where she lives and so twilight plays a pretty big role in it not the terrible book series (laughs) sparkly vampires for the record which obviously brings Uh, back the supernatural element because like you know they would never be able to meet in their current circumstances because it's it's taki from the present and then mitsuha from three years ago and at one point, we should mention that, um, like, when Mitsuha is trying to, like, enact all this, it's Taki and Mitsuha's body at first. And when everything is failing, he gets really distraught and is like, I wonder if she could have done this and not me. Mm-hmm. And so that was really hard-hitting because he feels like he's going to fail and not be able to save her. And that was that was real sad. It was real sad. <laughs> But they, um, they meet up in this Twilight Realm. And yep, they're like, on, on top of the mountain. They're like, yay, we meet again. And basically, this is the whole scene where let's write our names on our hands so we'll know who we are once once we get back to our regular places. Yep. And he writes down his name on her hand, 
and then she begins to write her name. She writes a mark. She writes a, she gets like a slash in and then the, the pen the drops. The pen drops. Oh my god. I I literally gasped. That's, I was like, <gasps> it, it's I guess that's not really like a jump cut or anything, but like or like a jump scare. But man, that was effective. It was super effective. And the color changes. Mm-hmm. Cause like you think like, oh, this is this great reuniting moment, like that everything's gonna be okay. He's she's gonna write her dick. And that's it. Yep. And then again, he's like, Who are you? What was your name? And you're just like, Oh no. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. It's super heartbreaking. And um very soon after you see her running, she's um because she has to go back into her own body and yeah. basically try and figure out how a way to to enact on the plan that he came up with, but as herself. Right, and Sayaka gets caught, and she's crying in the school because they found her. Katsuhiko, um, Katsuhiko gets, Katsuhiko caught, by gets his, caught. His dad. Dad. He's just like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah, and um, you you see her running. Um, running towards her dad because she's trying to get him to listen to her mm-hmm. and she trips and like rolls down a hill I thought she was going to lose consciousness because she was still for a while and she yeah. gets pretty beat up when she falls down the hill and then she opens her hand <sighs> so I knew that this scene was going to happen like, I didn't know it I did not know it and I cried I, I lost it <laughs> So I knew at one point she opens her hand and reads, I love you. But I didn't know the context of where or when or why it happens. But man, like, even like I knew that was going to be what she opens up and read. Like, it still hit me so hard. It's It, it was super <sighs> effective. Um, Like I said, I, I just started crying because she opens it and sees I love you. And it's it, like you're expecting, well, you weren't. But I was expecting his name mm-hmm. and like that that would encourage her. But like, no. Oh, my God. It was so good. I'm not going to cry on the podcast. Um, this is like instant teary eyed. I was like, boom. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then she gets the the strength to stand up and keep running. And um, very soon after in the in the film, like you don't actually see what happens to her, but you see the comet hit. Well, you see her like she you see her get to her dad. Yeah. And that's basically what you see. That's like, you see that, and then I think that's when the comet hits. Yeah. Or it's very soon afterwards. So, like, it's basically left kind of on a cliffhanger because, like, you don't know, did she succeed or not? Right. Well, and also, I want to mention that it's really effectively done when the comet hits because there's no sound at first. Mm-hmm. When it hits, like, all the sound in it just is, like, out. It's done. Um. So, it, it's real... Um. I was going to say impactful. That's a really poor choice of words in this situation. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but it, it, it was super effective. Um, that entire thing was just emotional roller coaster. Was, it was great. It's real good. And then basically you get another time skip. You do. Um, and you have... Taki in his 20s, I'm assuming, based on the math. It's, it seems like it's like post-college. Like he's, yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking so. Because they said it's five years. Well, it's eight years since the incident. It's five years since their trip. So, yeah, that would that would basically make sense. Like I think he's like basically kind of fresh out of college. 
He's trying to find an architecture, yeah. like landscape type job. He's applying to a lot of jobs. They all make fun of him for his suit, which yeah. I didn't see that the suit was bad, but yeah, they all make fun of him for suit. his suit. It's a young kid in a uh, suit. Yeah. Um, also, um, my assumption, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like the um, the co-worker ended up marrying um, Tsukasa, the guy who went on the trip with him. Because she flashes her ring and says, so, um, uh, "Someday I hope you'll be happy too." Yeah, I, I know. But yeah, the, she does that. I, I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't pick up on that. But maybe I just okay. didn't see it. Because it seemed like those two bonded really well over the um, the trip, and I thought that's what was implied is that those two got together. I guess you'd have to go back and look at the the cafe scene when he's with all yeah. three of them to see if like he has a ring on his finger. That's true. Yeah, I'd have to do that. But or it's just uh, like, that, hey, she got married and blah blah blah. Right. Either way, it shows that she got married. Um, his his friends are basically like busting his because one of them has like a ton of job interviews and offers and everything, and the other one like makes decent money and uh, they they make fun of the suit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They're like, we have better situations than you do, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of see him living his life through Tokyo now. Well, and he narrates that he always feels like he's looking for someone or something. And, he, you get these, he's, and you get these like brief glimpses of someone. Someone. Someone, but they don't reveal a face or anything quite yet. With a braided red ribbon. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, it, that's very much extenuated when he goes to this like uh, restaurant or something. And he sees the older versions of Katsuhiko and Sayaka. Yep. And they're married. Yeah, they're married. They're in Tokyo. Or they're getting married. They're they're planning the wedding. Yeah. And he's just like he 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 recognizes them and just like, huh? But does it doesn't, it doesn't like click or for anything yet. Like he doesn't remember Mitsuha or anything like that. But he's like, I know these people. Yep. I was real happy those two ended up together. By the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think like afterwards he passes who we think he passes, but obviously they don't recognize each other. And that leads to the big climactic finale on the train. When he says he, ha- he has the line where he's like, I've always been like these last few years. I feel like I've always been searching for someone and the trains like meet and they're face to face train apart. Yep. And they're both like, <gasps> it's that moment. Well, and he even talks about how, like, he's been so drawn to the, the comet situation. And, like, he always read news articles and he always read about it, but he couldn't figure out why he was so drawn to it. Which, that's, that's also the case of, like, it reveals, like, oh, everyone survived that. Yep. So the plan Everybody worked. survived yeah. because they got to the high school in time and they were having... Uh, I forgot exactly how they worded it, but basically, like, they ended like, up having some kind of drill. Yeah, they, I think they said it was, like, a bomb drill or some some sort of drill. But, Yeah. That was like so the, just the official word. word. <laughs> um, so that was great. And then um, you see them like running like uh, in train stations uh, trying to get to where the other person was. Mm-hmm. And I was afraid <laughs> at one point. I was super afraid because it shows them walking on stairs past each other. So they get to, like, they get into a stair set and it's like she's on top. He's at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And, like, they both look at each other, but, like, they don't, like, realize it yet. And then, like, they, like you said, they walk by each other. And I was very concerned as well. 
I was going to be so upset if they ended it that way. I was going to be really, really upset. But don't. <laughs> he gets the gumption finally to turn around and just like, uh, Do I know? <laughs> have we met before? <laughs> and, she, and she looks so happy. Yeah. And she's like, I thought that too. And everyone's like, yay. Except like, I mean, all the other characters in the, in the world are like, yay. Yay. <laughs> I was like, yay. I was like, oh, man, these are tears in my eyes. Yay. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was crying so hard when I left the theater. Like, oh, my God. It was it was so good. Leaky Fawcett City. Right. It, oh, man. Oh, and also we didn't mention it, but I'm going to now. Um, at one point, it... When he's doing like the time skip, like to go into her her body, um, when he's like falling back in time or whatever, right? Uh, he actually gets to go like through her life story essentially, and so he sees like right, her right. mother and all that. I was like, Whoa! so you get some really cool backstory on Mitsuha um, through his his pastel trip, like why their mom's not there, the rift between. Her dad and the grandma, the grandmother. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it, it it was it was emotional. It was really really emotional. <laughs> like the whole movie was just like I. I you told me it was gonna be sad. I wasn't but, wrong. No, no, you were not <laughs> wrong at all. I was just not expecting the level of sad and like, oh man, I I cried sad tears and happy tears, and it was really good and like. All I wanted to do when I left the theater is like get in my PJs and come cuddle with kitty cats because I was like, <laughs> I am in a glass case of emotion. I need something. Except you did that and then you went home and watched JoJo. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Which was another glass case of emotion. Uh, man, it really was a glass case of emotion, but a lot of that emotion is just WTF. Yeah. I... I guess with like a film of this size and like magnitude and popularity, there's always like the the fear that like you know you've heard so much about it that like you know it garners like a large amount of hype, mm. and then like you're you're very much worried that like when you go see it, it's not gonna live up to that hype. I had that concern because mm -hmm. I've seen so much hype about it that I was like, uh, is it really this good? Um, yes, yes, it really is <laughs> yeah. that good. It deserves all the hype that it was getting. Um, I actually had one of my friends that I went to the movie with last night ask me. She's like, in your opinion, and this is going to be a controversial statement. Uh-oh. In your opinion, is it better than any Studio Ghibli movie you've watched? Box office numbers and would agree. <laughs> My answer is yes. It is better than any Studio Ghibli movie I've ever watched. So you want to know another controversial opinion? Yeah. I've only watched one Studio Ghibli film, so I can't really have a a comment one way or the other on that. Which one did you watch? Uh, you can't even a, remember, can you? It was a very recent one. I oh, think okay. It was uh, when Marnie was there. Okay. It's like it came out like in 2015, I think. Wow, you haven't seen like the the classic ones. I think I might have, like, when I was younger, but I don't remember. I don't know if it was that or not or something else. But, yeah. Okay. I really don't have, like, that. I'm not saying, like, I don't have that affinity. I just don't have, like, that knowledge, I guess. 
Okay. But yeah, that, that was asked that, that question was posed to me and I honestly say yes. Um, it may be just because like this type of story appeals more to me than a lot of the Ghibli stuff. Right. But, um, you know, it's super good. And, um, since we were talking about it before the podcast started, uh, the soundtrack is great. Yeah, like they it's do really good. They do some good good uh, ways of inserting like songs into the show or into the film itself. So like, <laughs> there was kind of one like around the thirty minute mark where it's like it was kind of like a like a a transition into another part of the story, but it almost kind of felt like oh, this is the the first episode's over. Here's the credits song. And I kind of thought that's, that was kind of goofy. it was goofy, but also kind of fun. No, that's exactly what it felt like. Is it, it felt really like we just got like the intro episode of it, and like now the second episode's gonna kick in. Like that's really what it felt like. It was real effective. But like the other places that they they inserted songs as well, it was very very effective, and and the and the music itself was was good as well, which you you would definitely hope for. Right, um, and it was done. Um, what is the name of the band? Rad Wimps. Rad Wimps. I knew it was like a combination of two English words. They did a great job. Yeah. They did a really great job. Which I guess they've also done English versions of those songs. So I, I would assume that those are in the dub. The English. I dub. would assume so too. But like, which that's also real cool. A real cool thing to do. Like you know, most movies of this nature like anime movies like they wouldn't necessarily you know retranslate the songs as well into english so mm-hmm. that's just a little added thing you get there well and we listened to them before we started the podcast the english versions and they actually translated really well they sound great so i I was impressed which is which uh, can be hard to like when you're you know translating between different languages to like keep the it can be really really keep the hard songs being good and stuff so or it's something um, like, oh, we got this like diff- we got this sound alike artist to do the English version. <laughs> like, uh... Yeah, no, it they did a great job. Like the the soundtrack was phenomenal. That it worked really well in great areas of the of, of the story. It um so it says that the theme music okay, yeah, it was composed by the the lead vocalist of Rad Wimps, the theme music was. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, I was reading the Wikipedia and it was saying that uh, it was saying the soundtrack of the film was well received by both audiences and critics alike and it's acknowledged as being one of the factors behind its success at the box office. Uh, that's got to feel good for that band, but yeah. Uh, really, really good soundtrack. I, um, I'm sure like people who have listened to other episodes are going to be like, oh, God, of course she's going to bring up the music again. Because <laughs> every single episode, I'm like, so let's talk about the music. I mean, music's a good thing to bring up. It's important, especially because, like, like you were saying, at one point, it, you know, it feels like a, a good transition, like, to use the music. But also, like, in a lot of the emotional scenes, it, it makes it hit pretty hard. So yeah, it's really effective use of music. So we have been very praiseworthy of this of this film. Yep. Which is kind of funny because uh, the director, Makoto Shinkai, has basically gone on record saying, you know, this film could have been better. Wow. 
Uh, his direct quote, this is from Wikipedia page, but there are things we could not do. Uh, Masashi Ando, the director of animation, wanted to keep working on, but had to stop, had to stop us for lack of money. For me, it's incomplete, unbalanced. The plot is fine, but the film is not at all perfect. Two years was not enough. Wow. Wow. Um, I mean, I would disagree with him. I think that it's great. But I mean, like, it, <laughs> it's probably just one of the... I mean, I'm, obviously I can't really speak for him, but if I was in his shoes, I would, I would probably say the same thing. Because I'd probably be like, I would nitpick at stuff and be like, could have done that better. Could have done this better. You know, if we had more time, well, we could have done all this better. Right. I mean, and I do that, like, anything that I, I create. I'm like, well, I probably should have done all of this differently. But. Um, Creators can be the very worst critics. A hundred percent. You and I a hundred percent attest to that. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, so it's. I don't know. I think it's a really great movie and I I can't find a whole lot to criticize on it. I mean, maybe if we like watch the film like 30 times in a row that we would find stuff to, to poke holes at, but seeing it once and having that experience, like we can both agree that a, it lives up to the hype and B Yo, you want some good ass shoujo? You're gonna get some good ass shoujo with this. Yeah, you are. Um, and it's. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word that I want to use. Um, I do want to see the dub. I, I really want to see the dub, but mm-hmm. um, I feel like it was a really, really good. Probably one of my favorite like anime style pieces of media I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. Um, I was extremely impressed. I was happy because I I was like a train wreck of emotions and sometimes that's <laughs> a fun thing to do. Um, but I just, I'm such a sucker for love stories and it was so well done. Um, I mean, I bought the soundtrack. I, I'm really excited I'm going to buy the movie when it comes out. Like it's, it is that good. It's well worth your time. Super worth your time. Um, yeah, you should you should watch it. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. If you have watched it, watch it again. If you haven't watched it, despite us telling you everything that happened in it, go watch it anyways. <laughs> yes, still watch it because it's worth it. 100%. 100% worth it. So freaking good. That's a that's about as big of a seal of approval as you could get. That's that's a Nintendo seal of approval quality right there. <laughs> it's a for mine actually it means something. Hi yo. Oh. <laughs> so that's gonna do it for this episode. Yeah. Which, um, <laughs> which we said, hey, this isn't gonna go that long. We're an hour in. I, I, okay. Um. That's about what I expected. I was expecting like 30, 45. Whoops. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, not 30 minutes, 45 seconds. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a little weird. It's literally just like, yeah, go watch it at the end. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Or listening. I don't know. Maybe you you watch that timeline go by. I Uh, hope (laughs) you're not watching me. That would be weird. Please don't watch me, people. (laughs) 
Uh, I guess we should mention that we're going to eventually get to that Zelda episode that we've pushed back two times now, <laughs> which I did not talk about in the in the opening. Eventually, it will happen. Eventually, it will happen, uh, unless it gets bumped back for something else entirely again. But eventually, it will happen. I can promise you that. Uh, not next week though, because next week we have something else lined up. We thought we were going to have it like perfectly lined up because of the way scheduling was going to work, but then somehow. Toonami decided to air two episodes of JoJo last night, uh, a yep. week ago, by the time this goes yep. up. So we were like, huh, that's weird. Anyways, well, we're still going to talk about uh, parts one and two, a.k.a. season one of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, we are. Next week. And boy, it's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you've really enjoyed my text messages about JoJo. It's been the best. <laughs> uh i even i'm sure you're really proud of me i even made a literal jojo reference in life today i'm so proud of you yay um it was the most appropriate response i could have had though but uh it's that's gonna happen jojo's gonna happen and eventually zelda will happen but um other things keep appearing and we we have to talk about them while our brains are fresh on it. Very much so. Because this this thing just basically came up like literally two days ago. It was like, oh. Yeah. You were like, I'm going to go watch that film. I was like, I should probably watch that film too. Let's talk about it. Okay. Anyways, Zelda. Whoops. <laughs> RB. But yeah. JoJo next week. I'm very excited. Uh, from, JoJo next week. <laughs> for more information, check out SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com or SAC.cool. Uh, follow us on Twitter at AnimeCheckup where you can find uh, us talking about stuff. Yep. Pretty much it. Uh, you can follow Anladium at Anladium.com where she writes stuff. You have something in the works though, don't you? Um, or I am actually working on a... Uh, actually, I'm working on two things that I started today... Um, in my fit of rage, so I'm going to have to edit some of it. <laughs> um, I'm starting a piece. I want to do an in-depth look at Persona 5. Um, and not that our podcast is not in-depth, but like from my perspective right. only. Um, I, I want to write about Persona 5, and I also want to write about ukulele. Controversial games in their own right. For real, and... You know, games that I've played recently that um, I have, like, some mixed feelings on, even though one of them is mostly positive and one of them is mostly negative, um, I, I feel like that would be interesting for me to write on. So I started them, but like I said, I, I was also, like, in major rage mode, so um, it's it's going to have to be edited quite a bit. <laughs> but you all should look forward to those, because it's... I'm very much looking forward to those. Uh, and Lady, I'm a writer. Oh, don't say that. I'm being honest here. Don't say that. I'm not trying to butter you up. Uh, okay. <laughs> but look forward to those. Uh, and then, of course, next week, JoJo. Week after that is probably going to be Zelda. And Like I said, unless something else comes up again. And we have to push it back for something for something new that we literally don't know by the time we're recording this. But yeah, uh, also, uh, you know, check out our previous episodes. We did that Persona 5 episode, which is good. So you'll know 
which one Anladium thinks is good and which one is not compared in the comparison between Persona 5 and Ukulele, even though that's a weird, not a direct comparison, but in terms of good and bad. Uh, and just, you know, all of our other episodes that are a who's who of fun stuff to listen to. I mean, we've got some anime episodes. We've got the Danganronpa 3 anime episode, High School of the Dead. Obviously, very similar <laughs> shows. <laughs> Uh, and a bunch of video game episodes. We got the retrospectives. We got a variety of those. We got some just you know show or yeah shows just on specific games that aren't necessarily retrospectives, but are just us you know chit chatting about a certain game. So yeah, you should uh, definitely go check out some previous episodes if you haven't already. And if you have, well then hey, look forward to next week because it's gonna be yeah a doozy. It's it's gonna be something. <laughs>